Welcome to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. I am the Soul Man, Brian Solak. I am your host tonight. I am joined by Abraham Deweese, who will be my co-host, and Matthew, that damn dirty Oregon Duck, Paige, who will be our producer. How you guys doing? Good. Good. But don't nobody cares about what we're doing. Everybody cares <laughs> about our guest, Brian. I want to welcome our, our guest tonight, Coach Mike Jones. I, I got this off of your Facebook, so I don't want you guys to think that I came up with it. He is the coach with the most from coast to coast. He is the co-host of the Turnbuckle Turmoil podcast, as well as the Coach Mike Jones show. He hosts Mariners Organizational Report, and he's a promoter. He's an owner. He's an operator. He, he works with New Generation Wrestling. What, what did I forget, Mike? Welcome to the show, buddy. Coach Mike Jones, a coach with the most, coming at you from coast to coast, live from Puyallup, Washington, at the Coach's Corner Training Center, the home of the NGW Green Room Media. Hey, yes, we got all kinds of stuff going. Uh, I've got my own media with the NGW Green Room. I got hundreds of videos on YouTube with celebrities from all over the world, wrestling, sports, music, um, local icons, and then. Of course, I got my real school army, the greatest faction in pro wrestling today. And we got some big stuff coming up with wrestling and MMA and rock and wrestling and charities for all all kinds of stuff. And we're just kicking butt and taking names like usual. Outstanding. Um, we have we had we had a script, but I, I gotta go to this. You mentioned charities. You're promoting the Auburn Slam on July 16th next month. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we are. We got Fitness Quest Presents Auburn Slam charity event for, for the Auburn Slam Scholarship Program. Jake Schwartz is a is the head of that, and Brad and Jake Schwartz are owners of Fitness Quest there. They've got a long legacy. of uh, They used to be Vision Quest at the Auburn Mall there. And they used to have pro wrestling there in the past, too. Now they switched to Fitness Quest. And they just had a big uh, challenge about last month. Brad Schwartz challenged uh, Shoot from the movie Vision Quest. And Shoot came up here to Auburn and Puyallup and challenged Brad, who's a six-time world champion. And Brad beat Shoot at both events. And so... We, we're really happy to be working with Fitness Quest, and we're still get, we're still in talks to go bigger and better and get everything ironed out. But uh, we're hoping to do lots of charities for them. We're hoping to bring our training facility down there. We're hoping to use all of our uh, promotional power and our NGW Greener Media. We have a lot to offer them, and they have a lot to offer us. And also, I got a big announcement too. Our heavyweight, cha- our uh, undisputed champion, Wild Lyle, he yesterday went down there to Puyallup Fitness Quest and won the, the shoot challenge. And then, man, this guy is a monster, dude. He's like, they told him they were having the, the, the shoot challenge, right? And guess what Lyle's uh, response was? I'm going to win the challenge. He didn't care if there was weight classes. He didn't ask how many there were. He went down there yesterday. They give you 10 minutes to win this challenge. 
what it is, you have the shoot log on the back of your neck and how many can do the, or whoever can do the most squats with the shoot log. The shoot log is 110 pounds. The record from Fitness Quest record was 110. They gave Wild Lyle 10 minutes to beat this record. And guess what he did? Just like he told him. He, he popped off 115 squats in under four minutes without a break. <laughs> and he, he says he can do 200. So he's going to be keeping that championship along with his undisputed championship as long as he wants. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, again, you mentioned you're part of the greatest faction of all time. Why are you a part of the greatest faction of all time? Why not the bloodline of WWE today? I mean, come on, prove our audience why you're the best. You, you don't think so? We've got numerous Hall of Famers in our group. We've got the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah. We've got three-time NWA Triple Crown Champion, Tokyo Monster Cahagas. We got Wes Briscoe from the Briscoe family. We got the Human Tornado. We got Andrew Anderson. We got uh, Pinky Pinky Santino. We got Wild Lyle. We got myself. We got Hank Miller. We got Short Sleeve Samson. We got <laughs> nice. about there's about twenty people have been in our group, but we try to stay at about ten or twelve people. We got. Sunny Days, we got Moondog Ace, we got Pitbull Gary Wolf. I mean, the list goes on, okay? Uh, and we would we have the Real School Army versus the World Tour coming up, coming at you any day, all over the world. So this is part of, uh, Coach Mike, this is part of your NGW wrestling, right? Um, it is. And what? where would people see? I've seen some of your videos on YouTube uh, from your green room uh uh, uh, channel. And it seems like you have shows in Bremerton quite often. Um, do you have other locations that you, that you'll put on shows? Yes. Uh, we have a big show next weekend. Don't miss it. The Marysville strawberry festival. This is a huge deal. They love CPW combat Ch champion, combat pro championship wrestling has been putting that on there for years. Now they continue to get invited back. Wild Lotto will be defending his undisputed championship against Chuck Payne. They've wrestled before. This is going to be a barn burner. We've got two other members of the World School Army going to be there, Sunny Days. And we got Moondog Ace. And there's even rumors Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan could be there. That's very that's very cool. Uh, I grew up on on the Kevin Sullivan. Uh, so did Brian Solak, you know, being back at there at the um, – uh, NW was it NW NWA or was it already WCW by then? Um, but he he's had been a, he's he's an NWA Hall of Famer, but right of on. course it was uh, WCW. He's been in them all. He's wrestled in WWF way back in the day. He had a great run in Florida Championship Wrestling all over the world. I remember him uh, as Varsity Club, um, and then even before that, you know, with uh, Woman as the as the evil persona. Is there a particular? Uh, persona that he carries uh, these days when he's wrestling with you guys? Is it the Taskmaster character? He's still, he's the Taskmaster currently and him and Andrew Anderson have been touring. Man, this guy is, he is unbelievable. He, he's seven. He just turned 74 in October. Oh, he's wow. Still out there touring. Okay. Wow. He's got over 10,000 matches 
And Andrew Anderson is the new Purple Haze. He got mm-hmm. that passed down from, from uh, uh, what was his name? Forgot his name off the top. I'm so overwhelmed today. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Uh, Mark Lewin, the Purple Haze Mark Lewin. Of course, that guy was a scare, scary character. And so Andrew Anderson is now the new Purple Haze. And they're, uh, they're touring as the Dungeon of Doom all over the world. Very cool. I noticed you mentioned Combat Pro Wrestling. Do you have any affiliations with 321 Battle or uh, uh, Defy at all? I'm, I have a long history with Matt Farmer. I've, uh, Matt Farmer had his last match in NGW. Him and uh, the Suicide Squad um, uh, wrestled at their last match in NGW. Oh, wow. I had a huge feud with, with the Suicide Kings, me and Awesome Adam. At the Bellevue Community College, there we were the number three match in the in the of the year that year. It was two thousand and three, uh, the Real School Army versus the Suicide Kings way back in the day. But yeah, we don't have any affiliation with three two one, and they went under. Now they're uh, they've branched out into some other groups. Okay. Oh, did yeah. co- did COVID kind of put put an end to? Um, there was some other, I guess okay. it, it's, it's independent wrestling. Yes, I, I got it. There was some shady dealings. <laughs> oh, and, no. uh, one of their, one of their big deals were they, they promoted weird wrestling. I mean, if that doesn't tell you, <laughs> you got shady and weird wrestling. What do you think it happened? <laughs> you mentioned Kevin Sullivan. Is he still living on Whidbey Island? Yes, he does up there in uh, Oak Harbor. Really? Okay. Okay. I thought oh, he was. Nice and close. I thought he was in Boston, Brian. Uh, he's been here for over ten years. I would okay. Say probably twelve years now. Wow, outstanding! And you grew up in Tacoma, but you live in Puyallup. Is that correct? I do. I love Puyallup. Puyallup's a beautiful city. I grew up in Tacoma. Tacoma's sort of a rough city, you know. And uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that I've been in. I've been in Puyallup since like 2004 and it's been a great transition. I love this city. That's awesome. You're from, okay. So you're from Tacoma. Uh, have you had any, uh, relationship with, uh, uh professional, uh, work with, uh, Jack Evans or Swerve Strickland? No, I, uh, I have been on shows with Jack Evans, but mm-hmm. I haven't got to work with him personally besides being on shows with him back when he started, he was a rookie for PWF and ICW and, over there, Tim Flowers group. So I, I had wrestled on some shows and I've met him and stuff. He's, he's a great guy. He's a great wrestler. Yeah. I'd look forward to having him in the real school army and, and for NGW. Cause that's one thing about NGW. We're scouting every day in and out. We're all, we, and then we always scour the world for the best talent. I really uh, like, I really like Jack Evans. I saw him live once and uh, yeah, I guess he's not with AEW anymore. So maybe you might get the, yeah, maybe he's listening. He might give you a phone call. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I know you tried to get involved in wrestling when you were age 18, but you had to wait 10 years till you got involved. I mean, briefly, can you tell our audience about how you got into pro wrestling? Yes, my God, what a situation. I mean, we had our own backyard wrestling league when I was a kid. It went from, I started when I was like 10 years old, all the way till, no, when I was eight years old till I was 18, I was undefeated for 10 years straight. I called Don Owens and I tell him, hey, look, I, I just told him, I didn't even ask him. 
I said, I'm coming down to try out. He blew my mind. He had one question for me. He said, did you wrestle in college? I said, nope. Click. He hung up oh, on wow. me. I was like, oh. And at that point, I didn't have my never say die attitude. Now, here's another thing that happened back then. My mom had muscular dystrophy. She died at the age of 34 when I was 18. Okay. So at that point, I hadn't developed the never say die attitude until after my mom died. And we had a rough deal. My dad's drug and alcohol. I had to beat his ass when I was 15. Um, and where, uh, so he kicks me and my brother out. My brother's 15. I'm 18. He steals our insurance money. Uh, we were supposed to get like five, 10,000 bucks a piece. He put it in trust for us. By the time we got old enough, it was already taken out. And then when he sold the house, my brother got nothing. And my dad gave me a thousand and we're supposed to be happy about that. But regardless, so I hadn't developed the never say die attitude yet. So I graduated from high school at, at 19, took me an extra year because I took a year off because my mom was on her, on her deathbed. And then, um, so I went up to Alaska and I started out as a processor. And man, you can not imagine what the deal is there. This place is a huge turnover. Uh, it's got a, more of a turnover than McDonald's where people are quitting every minute. <laughs> oh, wow. Because they're making you work 12, 18 hour days every day in horrible conditions. Yeah. Okay. And I can admit <clears throat> if I had a place to go, I would have quit. Okay. But that helped me develop my never say die attitude and where I stayed, stuck it out. I moved up through the positions. I actually made it to be a fisherman. I fished king crab in Alaska, but it, it was a five-year period that I worked there. During that five-year period, you'd get deals where, oh yeah, I was also on a shipwreck on all Alaskan seafood uh, processors, 350-foot ship, got grounded on St. Paul Island, Alaska. Oh, wow. 100-mile-an-hour mi winds parked that thing on St. Paul Island. That's 800 miles from Russia on the Aleutian chain. We had to wait two days for the storm to die down so we can abandon ship. So anyway, there was like a year or so that we didn't, I didn't have a main ship to go on, so I had to try to work at other places. And this is where I developed my never-say-die attitude, where I had it in my head when I come into those places and say, hey, man, I'm looking for a job. Oh, we're not hiring. My answer would be, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> say the same thing. That's say, awesome. I'll see you tomorrow. By the third or fourth time, I'm telling them, my answer now is, you're sending me to Seattle. Come back the fifth day, I'll got a job. <laughs> so if I would have had that never say die attitude back when I was 18, when Don Owens said I hung up on me, I might have went down there and tried out. But I believe in fate. We're... Who knows what would have happened if I went down there at 18. I, I definitely wasn't ready, apparently. Well, that's very cool. I, Don Owens, of course, uh, ran the Pacific Northwest uh, Wrestling, which a lot of us as kids watched. Uh, I, what time was it on, guys? Like 1 or 2 in the morning? Yeah, I yeah. stayed up late to watch that. <laughs> I used to yeah. as well. Um, but uh, that would have gone out of business, so maybe it worked out for the best mm -hmm. for you anyway because um, you probably would have been at the tail end of that, right? Definitely. And then who knows? And it's like, they had different deals. If you get, didn't get invited in or like go through college, like he wanted, they, they like beat the shit out of you and try <laughs> to discourage you and try to hurt you and shit because 
they didn't respect you then. And then plus all the rampant drug use and stuff. Oh, wow. And, and you know, and I admit I wasn't as much, took me till I was like 27 to actually mature and realize what my mom and dad was hmm. telling me when I was a kid was, was true, you know? And then I'm like most of the kids from my neighborhood who grew up, I made it out of the 27 club. Now I'm 57. I've been blessed. I still have no injuries at 57 years old. I basically retired from active duty in the ring, but I'm currently still managing and promoting and training. Is that where the coach, is that where the coach part of it comes in, Mike, uh, where uh, from the, tr from training that you've done for other people? Not just that. Now, when I say I'm the coach with the most, a lot of people get a bad feeling about that. think I'm talking about something else. Here's what it is. I have the most championships, the most victories and the most to offer with all the talents I've been blessed with and where it comes from. I've been coaching baseball, starting at my brother's little league team at like 13 years old. That's when I started, but it was officially like this. They had a coach. It was one of the players dads and, they, and he was like an average player. And of course the dad favored him. But I would tell him every game, here's what you should do. Here's what should happen. And they would be like just above 500 because he wouldn't really listen. But he, I swear, every time he would find out, oh, if I would have listened, we would have won. And then on top of that, I trained up my neighbor kid, my brother. I was a Red Sox fan and my brother was a Reds fan. So my brother grew up, he was Johnny Bench and, and, and um, the neighbor was Tom Seaver. And they were just like it. My brother was the home run champ, like the best batter in the league. And the kid named Sonny, who lived next door to us, I, I taught him the knuckle curve. He was like, <laughs> he was like better than Tom Seaver. He would go like six to eight games in the year. He'd have three no hitters, uh, like one perfect game. He'd strike out 22 the next time. I mean, he was unstoppable all the way till he got to junior high. And then, of course, he started using drugs and stuff and quit baseball. But oh, no. man, it was quite the story. And then from then, I continued coaching from that, that point on, where, of course, Little League and uh, Adult Leagues and then, um, you know, junior high kids and stuff like that. And then, of course, I coached wrestling, uh, wrestling, basketball, baseball, football, soccer, and I've got – so many championships from all of those and developed so many champions <clears throat> on top of that i have a, a slogan i can make anybody a champion what i mean by that is i do feel and i've done it in the past i can take a guy who's average or above average as long as he does everything i ask him to do and follows directions i can make him a champion i'm confident that's awesome you have six belts is that correct I've had six championships uh, in pro wrestling. Yes, four uh, four heavyweight titles and two tag team championships. Yes, okay, Brian. Brian, a belt keeps your pants up. He has championships. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, championship belts. My bad. Are they sitting in your garage or where are they sitting right now? No, uh, I've got it. I've got them put away. Yes. <laughs> right yes. on. A hey, question. Question for you. Uh, uh, Brian, I'm going to steal one of your questions here. Go right ahead. Uh, and it's about Playboy Betty Rose. I, I, I really, I, I grew up on the guy. Did you have any interaction with him uh, 
Did you? Yes. What, what, and then what was your me, impression me, of him? Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. Keep going. Though. What were you saying? Oh no, I I just you know I know the character, um, yeah, but okay. that's the guy who carried that show on his shoulders for a decade, and I was just or wondering more. what your impressions of him were. Okay, so let me go back a little bit too. Now, also, what got me as the coach in pro wrestling was, check this out. I started in, I started training in 94 through uh, Dave Debashi. He's out of Tacoma here. And he's got his name, the butcher, handed down from Abdul the butcher, okay? And uh, they were having a fan challenge. And uh, I was like, man. I can beat all these guys. If not, When I say I can beat them all, I did know in the back of my head that half of them looked either big as me or bigger. And maybe I can't beat all of them, but I can definitely beat half these guys just looking at them. Okay. So I accept this fan challenge, right? And I had no idea what I was in store for. Okay. Out comes Big Red Wrecking Crew. Six foot five, 375 pound world football league football player, and he's managed by Playboy Buddy Rose. Oh, cool! It was the Playboy Buddy Rose challenge, okay? And, and then, so I instantly went in shock for about one second until I realized, What the F? This is my chance, dude. And I, I've always been a fearless person, too. I, I thank God for that. I fear no evil. I'm sorry. It's true. You're good. I'm, yep. I'm a believer, brother. And then, uh, so I instantly snapped and I said to myself, no way I can beat this guy. So I instantly snapped into that mode. And I was like, I'll take you on. I'll whoop your butt. This and that. I ain't scared. Let me get in there. And I was, <laughs> I thought it was uh, ready to get in there. I would suggest nobody even getting anywhere near the ring until you are properly trained <laughs> because you will get killed. Okay. Hey, look at it this way. It ain't even easy just climbing into the ring. There's a technique to that. Okay. Let alone, you don't know how to take a bump. I, I feel sorry for you for getting around there without any proper training and being invited in there and belonging in there. Okay. So thank God they wouldn't let me wrestle him or, Take on, take him on. It'd be a pretzel. But what that did, that signed me up to start training with Debashi, which ironically, I got to go up to Stanwood. Big Red Wrecking Crew had a, a, a ring in his barn up there. And I got to train with Big Red Wrecking Crew. And what a great guy he is. It, he's a monster, but you know what? I respect him so much. He did not kill me or stiff me or be a jerk to me at all. Even though I said all them horrible things, they weren't really horrible, but you know what I mean? I was calling him out and he just didn't care and was totally professional. And that helped me a lot because I used to train with Debashi here in Tacoma or there in Tacoma. And he'd have his ring set up with no pads. He would just have the planks on the, basically the planks on the, out there because he got the, the ring out in the rain and stuff, you know, so you'd have to train in the boards. So at least it was a little better to go to wrecking crews to train in an actual ring with pads and stuff and, and a ring apron. 
And then he also helped me get through the mental block. A lot of stuff in wrestling is like, for example, you know, it took me a minute to be able to do a moonsault, okay? And part of it was a mental block. It's like the first time you can do it, you like sort of tell yourself, okay, I can do it. Well, the same thing with working out with Wrecking Crew. He's able to military press slam me and ragdoll me around and throw me around like none of these other guys that are, are Debashi's size is smaller than me or my size. They can't manhandle me like that. So he got me through a lot of them power moves and helped me learn how to take a bump a lot better. So that was really cool. So, and then, of course, got to work with Buddy Rose many times. And then here's another thing that happened. So next thing you know, Debashi was running shows. He would run them all over the place. That, that Playboy Buddy Rose Challenge was at the, ironically, was at the Pialop Armory in Pialop for the National Guard. He quit that building and started going to uh, Camp Murray at Fort Lewis there. And so he was doing another one at the mil uh, military thing. And that's where I debuted against uh, Northwest legend Billy Two Eagles. My goodness, he's great. And uh, the good thing about that match, after the match, he says to me, hey, brother, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't wrestle because he says I can. <laughs> so because, you know, there's always people trying to cut you down and say you suck and you don't belong in wrestling and this and that. Billy Two Eagles said I did. Nice. What What's your greatest wrestling victory of all time? Well, I won my first championship against Debashi and uh, Lewis the Kid Rock at Gig Harbor High School, and they had Playboy Buddy Rose in their corner. I won that one, and I had my manager, Hank Miller, at my side. That was in 1999 at uh, Gig Harbor High School. Okay. And before that, we got to uh, I got to defend my or no after that I got to defend my title at the Waterland Festival in Des Moines. There was like three thousand people there, and I was starting to do the springboard off the chair like Sabu does. I'm not sure if you guys know Sabu. Oh, oh yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not many people in the Northwest that has accomplished that one. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that that move uh, for those who are listening is you you jump. You set the, the table in, or not the table, the chair in the ring, jump off the chair, onto the ropes, and then onto the person. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely definitely familiar so, with Sabu. <laughs> let me go back a little bit more, too. So before I won that title in 99, oh, I forgot to mention where Debashi's deal at the armory at Camp Murray went away because the, the commission messed them up, tried to make it so they couldn't wrestle, made it really hard on them. So I started promoting. I was like, well, hey, guess what? I'm now coach. I uh, played for South End Boys and Girls Club when I was a kid. I coached my son at South End Boys and Girls Club. And now I'm like, hey, guess what? And, oh, and they love me too. So I'm like, hey, I want to bring pro wrestling down here for you guys. Sure. They, they had it where we could do as many matches as we wanted. Okay. And so that's basically where I developed the name Coach Mike Jones because I was the coach at the Boys and Girls Club, and that got me in as that, even though I've been coaching my whole life up until that point. Gotcha. Both uh, both Brian and I have a question about Johnny Fairplay. Uh, and we're, and uh, uh, do, should I ask mine first, Brian? 
Go right ahead. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Fairplay, you know, for those who don't know, seems to be a recurring theme uh, as a nemesis for Coach Mike Jones. Um, and I, I saw a video with with you on Judge Alex where uh, you actually <laughs> – uh, uh, judge Alex is like one of those judge Judy type shows. And, um, you actually went up head to head against him in a, uh, in a, in a, maybe not a lawsuit, but some sort of small claims. Um, was that a work or a shoot? Most every one of those shows are works. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> now Johnny and I have never really went against each other except for that time. Uh, Johnny had managed the real school army in the past. Okay. And back, um, when was it? Yeah, back in around 2003, when we had the best match, one of the best matches in, in the of the year, he said on the Willamette Weekly in Oregon there that Coach Mike Jones is more talented than the non non talented Undertaker, and that I should be a millionaire and not him. <laughs> That's what Johnny Fairplay said. Okay, and then so I got Johnny in a in a in some shows up here in Washington. Oh, other things back before that, Johnny had gotten his teeth knocked out by Danny Bonaducci, who's now a local DJ in here in Seattle, or he has been. That's Brian's and, uh, question coming up, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so instantly when that happened, I'm like, I am going to beat Danny's butt. How dare him do that to my manager, you know? And so I instantly was sending out challenges and then, all of a sudden, one day, I'm listening to KZOK in Seattle, and I hear Danny's on the air. And I'm like, what the hell? The dream come true. Danny got to Seattle. So I got to go down there. And as uh, soon as he was at a promotion at Tacoma Dodge down there, I went there, down there and challenged him. And he accepted my challenge on YouTube. And then he uh, slowly chickened out. Oh, no. Yes, <laughs> but I got him on video and I've got oh so many deals. I've worked with him. I was in the movie Bigfoot with him, with him and Alice Cooper, Greg Brady and a bunch of B-list stars. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Davidson, the guy. Uh, yeah, Bruce Davidson or Bruce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Davidson was a producer. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, the coach, so he, the, he, uh, the Judge Alex show, though, was was not a. Uh, I, I, you guys did really well. I thought there was some animosity there. <laughs> you know, now, sold it back really well. to that. So that, that was a work because like I said, I got him booked in a, in some, in a weekend in Seattle where it was a sweet deal. We had a, I had a comedy show for him on Friday with the meet and greet on Saturday. We had the wrestling show at a huge charity for this, uh, these kids that in Puyallup, their dad went crazy and, caught the house on fire with the kids in the, in the house. And then the wife ended up missing. I guess she thinks she's still missing. And uh, uh, so they came, came up with a charity called Charlie's Dinosaur. Yeah, Charlie's Dinosaur is, a, is the charity for those kids. So we hooked up with the Charlie's Dinosaur charity. And I bring Johnny Fairplay to come be on that show with us. And then on the following day, Sunday, we're at the Freedom Fair there in Gig Harbor at the air show. So it's like, this is going to be a great weekend. What happens on the Saturday for this outdoor show there in Spanaway at Garage Plus, it monsooned rained. And so they were scheduled to have like 3,000 people there or something. Only like 200 people showed up and half the vendors didn't show up. 
And then them half the vendors were part of the sponsors to bring him in. So I couldn't pay him what I was supposed to pay him because I was relying on the, re- relying on the sponsors. They, they agreed to help pay for him, you know. But Johnny knew, and he trusted me, and he, he knew that, like, within a week when he got home, I'm going to send him the money. So what happens was I ended up owing him, like, 300 bucks, something small. His fee was, like, a 1000 bucks a day, some crazy stuff, you know, because he is pretty popular. But uh, so then all of a sudden, about three days after he got home, he calls me up and says, it's your lucky day. I said, what do you mean? So I just got us on the Judge Alex show. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had seen. That's awesome. I don't know if you guys had seen it. Uh, ECW, ECW days. Uh, Missy Hyatt and uh, that that referee Fonzie were on one of those Judge shows also, and I that's immediately what I thought of when I saw your video, Mike. Okay, and then <laughs> Judge. Just for your information, Judge Wapner says that Judge Judy is a crooked judge. And I'll tell you personally, Judge Alex is a crooked judge too. (laughs) Him and Johnny Fairplay were in love with each other. (laughs) Johnny's up there flirting with him as during the proceedings. And Alex even makes the the comment of, Hey, that's, that's impressive. Usually the ladies try to get, get on my good side. I saw that video with Bigfoot. Is, is Bigfoot for real? What's your response, please? Bigfoot was for real. And then let me let you know, I was <laughs> blessed. I'm on the trailer for the for the sci-fi movie, Bigfoot the movie. Oh, and no. There's only, there's only two people who didn't get killed. Myself and Wild Lyle. All the rest of them got squashed by Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, wow. That's crazy, what, right? What, on. Is, what is it? Is that a made-for-TV movie or you said Sci-Fi it's Network? A sci-fi, Sci-Fi Channel original movie. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. It's called Bigfoot the Movie. <laughs> and Alice Cooper was in it twice a year. Now, Alice, Alice Cooper is part of that video, at least. Yeah, Alice Cooper was in it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, my good friend Chris Lampkin, who's a huge fan of yours. Uh, he told me that you were a roadie for several rock shows over the years. So my question is, is Eddie Van Halen the best guitar player of all time? He is definitely in the top five. And then, you know what? Check it out. I've seen over 700 shows. I was, a, I, was a, I was a local, and I've got them all written down. I will be, I will be posting that here shortly. But uh, when I say shortly, not today, but. In the near future. Okay? Yeah. And uh, how that worked out, ironically, when I was 13 years old, I went to my first concert at the Seattle Center Arena. Eddie Money and Van Halen. Van Halen 2 Tour, brother. Wow. Okay. You and said top five. You said bit, top five, Coach Mike. Who, who else would okay. you throw in that? Who else would okay. you throw in that? Uh, let, let me get you a little bit. Finish off this oh, yeah, uh, go for 700 it. Go for deal. Okay. So not only did I see that one when I was 13, I had seen Van Halen the most out of all of them. I've seen them eight times, four times with Sammy and four times with David Lee Roth. And uh, I'll tell you right now, the best show I've ever seen was the first show I ever seen Van Halen two tour. Cause they were hungry as hell. And they were, they never beat themselves after that because they weren't <laughs> as hungry. Okay, and then 
back to the best guitar players. Okay, it's hard to rate them one through five, but I can tell you in my top five, and I've seen them all, all of these. Well, I've seen Eddie, Ingwin Malmsteen, Steve Vai. Um, of course, I got Jimi Hendrix in there, which I haven't seen. And then uh, after that, it's like Randy Rhodes, which I didn't get to see him either. Okay. Those are my top five. Fair enough. Oh, that's awesome, though. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, <clears throat> I have to ask, too, I hear you're a huge UW fan. I mean, at least you're not an Oregon Duck fan, but why not a Wazoo Kook fan? <laughs> um, for starters, I was born in Los Angeles, California, but I only lived there until I was two years old. But I lived in Tacoma after that. And I just, you know, we're on the West side and I love purple and gold. I love the history of, of the Huskies. Don James was one of my favorites. That his era like has such a legacy. It's will it ever be top? Of course, there's some people that come close and then all the people who've come out of there. And I really enjoy it when uh, our local team, I'm a fan, huge fan of all the local teams in the state here. And, uh, it really enjoy. I really enjoy when uh, they decide to pick up hometown favorites. It really hurts me, like when the Los Angeles Rams, they got a half dozen guys from the Northwest, and the Seattle, <laughs> the, the Seahawks don't. Yeah, we, uh, how dare them pass up Cooper <laughs> Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pissed. Matt, still. <laughs> Matt Page. Yeah, he's upset about. I went to Eastern. I'm upset about that. Everybody. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, but speaking <laughs> of wide receivers, down Tacoma Way, uh, Jerome Curse, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, another big fan of his, yes. He made it big with the Seahawks. And then one more thing about Cooper Cup. Hey, dude, there's fate and karma still rolling on that one. The Seahawks are going to be paying for that one as long as he's playing for the Rams. Yeah. that's what he's done so far. Uh, Seahawks, are also, Seahawks are also in trouble because the Cooper Cup just got a – just got a big, big check cut to him. And uh, the Seahawks waited too long on a decision on DK Metcalf. This is going to cost them, yes. regardless of which way they go with it, it's going to cost them immensely. Yes, Lee. And I'm a huge fan of both of theirs. I love DK Metcalf, but he's still a work in progress, I think. I mean, his attitude last year helped us blow some games. And, you know, compared to how humble Cooper Cup is, and, you know, talent-wise, they're really close, too. DK might have the edge on that one. But, my goodness, Cooper Cup's heart, will, determination, his humbleness, and just uh, natural ability, I think he's got the overall edge. Yeah, def definitely. Um, now, you're, you're doing a lot of videos on uh, the Mariners, I heard. Uh, not just heard, but I actually saw it on your channel again. Um how did that, how did that begin? Because, uh, I saw you, uh, I saw you have some clips with, uh, Angie Metnick. Uh, is that what kind of started your, uh, desire to start uh, vlogging on the Mariners? Well, not really. It goes way back, man. I mean, I'm constantly, I want to interview all you guys, anybody and everybody I want to interview in the NGW green room. And especially the more famous you are, I want you in there. So, what do you think happened? I got Jack Zarenzik, uh, most of the guys from the sports, Jim Moore, the Graz. Nice. Um, 
numerous people. And then I've been in the Pato Day Celebrity Golf Tournament a couple of times. So I got a bunch of people from there. Um, and then, uh, of course, I was blessed to be able to interview Pato Day. I got like three hours of interviews with Pato Day, the Northwest legend and rock and roll Hall of Fame uh, icon. My goodness, we could talk about him for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> So what what got you started? I guess that's my, that was my question is. So what got me started is just being in wrestling where you have, that's part of wrestling doing promos. Yeah. Okay. And then, then I decided, well, Hey, since I was like running them at the boys and girls club back for Debashi. And so I knew that, you know, it's all about promotion. So, and then the, you know, a lot of times on each show you're on, you don't get a chance to interview a good portion of these guys, you might not ever be in the locker room with this guy, let alone these people drop like flies too. You know, it's like, so I'm trying to get two or three interviews a show and trying to, if I haven't had you on the green room, I definitely want you on the green green room. That includes all three of you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Let's uh, let's, I want, I want to dig into the Mariners a little bit um, as we have about 15 minutes here, because I know I've watched some of your videos. You have some really, uh, really good insights on this team in this year. Um, in particular, uh, what your Jackie Z video fascinated me because there is this, there's this history. We know what, what happened during the Jackie Z years and you know, what the end result was, uh, for that. But the, it, it was kind of charming to see his personality come through a little bit because sometimes we as fans, just dig into, I know I do dig into <laughs> management and athletes, you know, like, Oh, that guy sucks, you know, but these are people. And, and you kind of brought out some of that in him. Yeah. You know, and my God, he, I love the response from him. And I've learned a long time ago that I've missed out so many interviews. Like I was at cauliflower alley. I'm sitting on the couch waiting to go to uh, freak show wrestling in California at Rikishi's gym. I'm with, uh, Sin Bodhi and Tokyo Monster were getting ready to go. And guess who walks by? Terry Funk walks by. Nice. Oh, wow. And, 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 and uh, Taskmaster says, hey, Terry. And, I, and I'm sort of starstruck, so I don't say nothing. But I sort of learned right then, how dare me not instantly go, hey, Terry, can I get a one-minute interview? Or even tell Kevin, hey, Kevin, tell him to let me get an interview. So I let Terry Funk walk by, and who knows if I'll ever see him again. So I learned from that. That just give it a shot. So anyway, I'm down there at Seattle, and they got the they're doing the 710 thing outside with Dave Wyman and Jim Moore, right? And one other guy was there, um, and they just got through interviewing Jack Z. He comes down and walks right by me. So I just thought I'd just give it a shot. Hey Jack, can I get a one minute interview? Cool as hell. Oh nice. Oh yeah, sure. For who? I said, for my NGW green rooms, local media. I said, we'll only take about a minute from you. Sure. Boom. One take and we're done. Nice. And, and, you know, I can't blame him for what happened. He tried hard. And where I still do blame ownership for basically the whole 21 years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah, I'm in agreement yep. there. I agree yep. with that. <laughs> well, and then back to the Angie Manchin thing. Like I said, so. I've been going to Fan Fest. I love root sports. Uh, you know, like I said, I love media. And now I get a chance to be on root sports with Angie Menting two years in a row. And then one of those years I got to be on Jen with Jen Mueller. Awesome. Also. That is and, awesome. And then, 
and then Angie knew that I was my predictions were coming true. And how what a better uh, honor than having Angie Minton tell people I'm the coach with the most, most and I'm a four-time <laughs> heavyweight champion. Heck yes. That's freaking awesome. Because that's I, how it's supposed to be. Let them tell it. <laughs> Definitely. I I do have two questions real quick with wrestling related. I'll, first one is please tell me Jake, the snake is actually a teddy bear and not a jerk. He is a great guy, man. He's had a rough life. He think about it. He's been through more wars than some of them countries out there. Okay. I mean, <laughs> and he lived to tell, look at him. He's a shining example. He went through DDP helped save his life. And I've got to work with him four times now. First, I got to work with him at the Jake the Snake versus the Jim Rose Circus Tour. Got to go to Kennewick, Washington, Seattle, Portland, Idaho. And then, of course, I got to wrestle him at Freak Show Wrestling at Rikisi's Gym at Knox Pro down there in California. Wow. And what an honor it was to get DDT'd by Jake the Snake. And, dude, I hate snakes. And I'm fearless, like I say, but I definitely don't like snakes but i just had to block that one out and i was happy as hell to have that snake on me i <laughs> had the chance to wrestle him and i got to get an ngw green room video with him too where he where he tells the people you're gonna bring your coach <laughs> that's awesome i appreciate you sharing that uh, my last wrestling question is you have jim Cornette and the mouth of the south jimmy hart locked in a cage match who wins and what um, I would think Cornette probably win. Now, don't get me wrong. Jimmy Hart might be more wiry than him, and it might be. Now, I do also want to consider if Cornette can't catch him pretty quick, Cornette's probably done. <laughs> okay, but Cornette, I would think, has more in-ring experience than J Jimmy Hart. He's been in some serious battles. I, of course, you know, Jimmy Hart's been ragdolled and thrown around too, but I'm not quite sure how many matches he's had compared to the uh, Cornette, the mouth of the South. That, well is, that is your question, Brian? <laughs> yeah, I want to know who would win. So All you do is throw a Wendy's cheeseburger in the ring and, <laughs> you know, Hart can stomp him as he's, you know, filling his – Faithful of that. Uh, no, I think the real, I think the real question uh, would have to be, uh, is there any, I'm glad you did bring that up though, Brian, because I, is there, is there anybody that you model yourself after coach, coach Mike uh, in wrestling, uh, especially for your promo style or, uh, or in ring, in ring, maybe Sabu, you said with uh, one particular move. Yeah. Now, uh, when I was a kid growing up, it was big time wrestling here in Portland. And, and uh, of course, I got to see a bunch of superstars in Tacoma and Seattle. So, of course, my my first heroes in wrestling were Roddy Piper, Jimmy Snuka, Jay Youngblood. But then we started getting TBS in the Superstation with World Championship Wrestling. And so, it, obviously and instantly, I, I, I loved Gordon Soley, Tommy Ridge, and Mr. Wrestling 2, brother, was my favorite. And I thought to myself, that's who I want to be like. Because I was like, you can tell this guy's like an old man, and he's still kicking ass and taking names for numerous years. <laughs> and on top of that, him and Tommy Rich were like the most popular for years also. Wildfire, <laughs> wildfire Tommy Rich, right? 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so that's I what can... got me wanting to be in wrestling, Mr. Wrestling 2. Then, of course, after that, of course, I love Muhammad Ali's style of talking smack, you know, and uh, that's pretty much it. I, and, I, I find that very interesting that Mr. Wrestling 2, because I hadn't thought about him in 20, 30 years now, 35, how many years ago was that? Because he was to, uh, I think he managed Magnum PA back when they, when they were on uh, TBS. And, uh, and, and I always thought to myself, why is he wearing a mask? Because I, we, I didn't have any exposure uh, to, to luchadors back in those days, you know? Uh, and, and it was just, it was just kind of fascinating that, uh, that that's where you went. That's where you went. He was a pretty good talker. Yeah. Oh, and he was a great talker. Everything but the kitchen sink at you, pal. Pal, it's like, yeah, that's right. And then, <laughs> man, one of my dreams come true. I got to meet him at Cauliflower Alley a few years ago, got his autograph, shake, shook his hand, took a picture with him, got to tell him he was uh, responsible for where I'm at. And then, unfortunately, he passed away a few years back. And you know, his, his legend and legacy will live on forever. Did you have preference WWF versus uh? WCW back in the day. I liked them all. Okay. But I can tell you, I've got a huge library. I've got like a ECW library that started out from like 96 to like 2001. Used They used to show their, I, I had a satellite TV so I could get Fox, Fox Sports South East. And I got all the house shows from ECW. Did you so trade? I'd be recording that. Did you trade tapes with people? What's uh, no, I haven't you didn't, yet. You didn't get into that back in the day. No, and then plus, I want to keep them. You know. Uh, <laughs> so for those, list- of course, I got a huge indie wrestling library from the Northwest wrestling scene. Uh, for years, I would be the only one recording a lot of the shows I was on. For for and the then, listeners and for Brian. Uh, People used to trade tapes before YouTube came along, um, yeah. because yeah, uh, like like you have Coach Mike, uh, you'd have videos from independent shows up here. Um, back in the day, people used to mail it to people on the East Coast, and these they would mail copies over, you know, to people over here. And that was about the only way you could watch videos. Yeah, and then so of course I've got a good Northwest Wrestling Library for big time wrestling. Got some Georgia Championship Wrestling. And then, of course, I used to love WWF when they were on. They used to show shows from Madison Square Garden and from the Boston Garden. Those were amazing. That's where you seen Snooka jump off the cage on Morocco. They were showing those live. And then during the WCW or WWE uh, feud that WCW won 83 weeks in a row, my goodness, I would record both of those. And then, of course, I'd be watching them both at the same time. And it was nice that WCW showed theirs twice. So you could definitely do it strategically where you could. I did sort of prefer WCW, you know, but uh, I knew that there was stuff you didn't want to miss on the other channel. So I got a good library of both of those. Question about the Seahawks is, are we done without Russell Wilson? I don't think so. I don't, I hope not. You know, I really, I like Pete Carroll. I believe in him, but you know, I, I do believe that there, a couple things happened. We won the Super Bowl. I think a lot of it went to the, the players' heads. 
And I got a big, sort of a big turnoff after that, that they became such big superstars that they, they weren't fan friendly as much anymore. Now they're like charging $50 for an autograph. I never even heard of that when I was a kid, you know? Um, And then I've even went and seen Russell Wilson at a boys and girls club function. I could not believe it. What he did, it was, they had him down at the Seahawks stadium up on the stairs with Kate, uh, Casey Ewing, the, what's his, the the driver uh, from around here? Casey, you remember his name? Oh yeah, uh, not off the top of my head, but uh, I know yeah, you. Yeah, you know about. what I mean. Casey, the NASCAR, there. the NASCAR driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For the for the <clears throat> some media thing, right? And they're talking to the boys and girls club kids, and they make their speech. And when it's over, they both leave. When I was a kid, they would have brought eight by tens. And they would have sat there and autographed for all the kids and talked to them all and been approachable. I could not believe they were just leaving. And they didn't even really talk to not one kid after, after doing their speech. So I was turned off by that. And then also, next thing you know, uh, Russell Wilson get, hooks up with Sierra and he gets paid. I think he went downhill from there because he didn't – he wasn't – he didn't have the fire, and and uh, he wasn't as hungry. So I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, no. But now with us, oh, and then one other thing I didn't like about since we won the Super Bowl, all this crap with the race stuff in the last couple years, and uh, dude, I didn't even like Marshawn Lynch of not doing media things and stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love him as a player, but as a person in, in that, you know, he doesn't want to talk on their TV, but you're paying. Now he's talking on TV. That's part of his job. Okay. And then yep. they put up, they put up with that. They should have never put up with that. Cause that, that basically opened the door for anybody to do anything they wanted. And then, and then uh, Carol's out there. I want my players to play with motion. Well, that's why DK Metcalf's getting flagged five games in a row because you're not putting a stop to it. So now hopefully this year they can overcome that kind of stuff and get back on track, stay focused, and they look like the Mariners. The Mariners are still like two guys away. The Seahawks are probably at least three guys away. Absolutely. Well said. Two more quick questions and we'll wrap it up. Um, my question is, Coach Mike, will we ever see you in the ring again, and how soon? You know, you never say never. Say never. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm basically picking and choosing my spots now. I do think I w- could go back in the ring. Um, I don't have anybody off the top that I want to challenge yet or feel the need I have to wrestle. But, no, I definitely could get back in there. And one of my uh, – claims to fans i can still hang with the youngsters brother outstanding abraham you got one last question nope think, all right i got through mine all right um we all we always like to end the show on a positive note coach mike uh we like to give a shout out to person place or thing who's made a positive you know thing in our lives over the last week or month well, let's start out with abraham uh yeah sure uh want to give a shout out to my dad uh he and i he and I uh, uh, worked on a uh, we worked we worked on a 
uh, research piece together. And uh, this, this hopefully is something that, uh, you know, we, you know, we can uh, have published and uh, it, it's, it's going to, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's, it's a uh, post, it's a post COVID uh, kind of analytics, uh, mm. a look at analytics. And it, 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 it's something that uh, is right up my alley for work and right up his alley for uh, statistical uh, generate stat statistic generation. So that'll be pretty cool. Very nice. How about, how about you, Matthew page behind the scenes? Got nothing. All right. I will go. I'm going to go next and I'm going to go with, it's pretty much my five-year anniversary anniversary with the sales sports union. Want to give a shout out to Abraham and Matt for putting up with me for these last five years. Um, I have learned a lot and I appreciate your friendship guys. And uh, another shout out to the behind the th- scenes to Kevin and Bob and all our guests, uh, such as you, Coach Mike and SoCal Rob, Rich Michelson, Daniel, who hasn't been a guest on it, but he's been a new addition to our team. And all we've been blessed with so many guests this year. So thank you. Uh, last shout out to you, Coach Mike. I got to give a shout out to my champion, my right-hand man, Wild Lyle. He goes the extra mile. You try messing with him, he's going to make you look like Gomer Pyle, baby. <laughs> and then he's constantly doing something. I mean, he's kicking butt any and everywhere he goes. He does the greatest media and graphics. Um, one of the top personal trainers around here. One of the top wrestlers in the Northwest. He's the Fitness Quest champion. He's constantly kicking butt and taking names. And I want I want to say I appreciate him so much and thank you guys so much. And uh, uh, do I have time to give my shout outs for my uh, personal media? Yeah, yeah uh, please do. If it's required, yes. Yes. Okay. You can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, a coach with the most. Also, Coach Mike Jones on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Don't forget to check out the greatest faction in the world, the Real School Army, and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from people all over the world. And then also the Seattle Mariners Organizational Report and the Cincinnati Reds Organizational Report that my, me and my co-host from Turnbuckle Turmoil, sign guy Jason Amos, have been doing for this year. And then if you need a car in the Northwest area, it's Check out SNS Best Auto and tell them Coach Mike Jones and Wild Lyle sent you. If you need a tow, check out Big Boys Towing and tell them Coach Mike Jones sent you. And the best gym in the Northwest, Fitness Quest. Get down there, baby. And I'm going to add to the tow just because you said that. I work for a towing company, so check out R&R Star Towing out of Linwood. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you, Coach Mike, for joining us on this week's edition of the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. You can check it out. Check us out on Apple, iTunes, Captivate FM. You can check us out on uh, Seattle Sports U on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Uh, and we're likable. Have a great week, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you.